my calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. And I'm Sant. You don't have to, you know, you you don't have to lean in all the way in. That's why I was testing the audio where you're sitting, nerd. Sorry. <laughs> I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> all right, all right, ready? Five, four, three. Hey, everybody! It's the 88 miles per hour podcast. Joining with me is Sanch, and I'm Max. <laughs> you gotta work on your intro, sir. <laughs> it's all right you do it you do it i had to do it last time you do it all right yeah well usually all right hey everybody welcome back to another episode of 88 miles per hour podcast i am your host sanch and newly joined by maximilian yeah and this is episode 31 of 88 miles per hour podcast welcome back ladies and gentlemen hope you're all enjoying the the coldness weather oh well no if they listen to this in the summer it wouldn't make any sense huh well, m- most people listen, like, right away when it's released, so I guess it's all right. I don't know. Unless you're you living should, in... You should be listening to it right when it's released. Yeah. I'm on. Unless you're uh, checking it out in... Uh... I mean, if you live in Southern California, you're like, is it cold weather? Or, no, we, we assume 60 degrees is cold weather, but across, like, the U.S., everyone's, like, at below whatever, and they're like, what are you talking about? I ain't cold. <laughs> they would wish we had a... Was it sixty degree weather? <laughs> I was I was at a football game last night and I was freezing because of course being me and being from SoCal, I just had a flannel on, like a thin <laughs> flannel, and I was freezing, dude. Like you thought you're all cool. You're like, look at me, I'm in a flannel at a football game, everybody. <laughs> I, I what I should have done is had a leather jacket. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I was I was I was I was cold, man, and I almost went in shorts. I mean, it was pretty pretty warm enough where I was wearing shorts yesterday. Yeah. But then I walked outside and I said, nope, need some jeans. You're one of those, man. Like, I always see you're the one that wears the shorts and the t-shirt. It doesn't matter, like, the occasion. Nope. <laughs> even, you probably even at your wedding, dude, you're just in a t-shirt and shirt. So. Nah, man, dressed to impress <laughs> my wedding. <laughs> I'm on any occasion, dude. It, it, at your funeral, it's just shirts <laughs> and a t-shirt. <clears throat> But they're board, they got to be board shorts, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, you're gonna have like the open casket so people can see your shorts. <laughs> oh man, I just like being comfortable. Yeah, I hear. I just you. like shorts. I and hate most of the time, shorts. it's too hot to wear jeans. Yeah, I mean, I don't wear jeans. I hate jeans, so I, and I never wear shorts. So I just always wear slacks. I wear dress slacks all the time because they're comfortable and they're better That's than true. shorts. I don't know. I don't like shorts. That's all right, <laughs> all right, everybody. Um, normally we got some shout outs, but. With this week, I've been completely out of it, so I really didn't catch. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to the feed, so. Um, well, you know, oh no no no! I do have a shout out. Now I think about it, um, there was one moment that I actually, and this goes out to our freaking <clears throat> eighty-eight um, page. We have a, a fan uh, is 
at Joe underslash. Oh, yeah, is it underscore, right? Not underslash. Underscore. It's at Joe underscore King 311. Is it King? How would pronounce it? I don't know. I don't, man, this is you. I know. No, I, I'm just saying out loud. Um, He, he, um, he gave us a, a heads up on something that happened. Uh, I'm not sure when this happened. Um, I really did. I just watched the video, but I didn't do any research on it because, like I said, I've been dead this whole week. But if you if you go to our um, Twitter at um, at 88 MPH Pod, we had posted a, a video. I'm actually gonna um, I'm gonna re what is that retweet it uh, the video again and. Um, it's, uh, they did, it's called Cinema, uh, Secret Cinema Presents Back to the Future. And what they did, if you actually go to our Twitter, Max, like, you know, just uh, try to watch the video as I'm talking about it so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but what they did is they presented Back to the Future, but in a very, um, a, a fashion of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, oh, and if you look, Max, it's on when you go to our page where the, it's the fourth one down. That's yeah. the one that I tweeted out that has it. It was his retweet. Um, so shout out to him for giving us this heads up. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show, but with Back to the Future, but kind of different because I, I mean, they they where they were gonna show the movie, they they also built like this whole like 1950s town like to match with back to the future Crazy. so everybody's dressed up in uh the gear like they're they're dressed the the time and they also had like rides and like a you know like a carnival and stuff like that but when they showed the movie <clears throat> they played out the movie as the movie's being shown so like it, the scene where like when like they built this whole clock tower but in the middle of the clock tower is where they're showing the movie. But right there, they're doing everything, all the stunts. When the DeLorean first appears, they show that, like Marty, when he travels back in time, when he's being chased by the Libyans, like everything. It's awesome. Even at the end with the whole clock tower, when Marty's being chased, <clears throat> it's pretty cool. Uh, see, that's the thing. Um, I didn't do much research where it was, but I happened to see later... <clears throat> That it looked like it was like somewhere in Europe. I'm not sure where because at first, what bothered me was it wasn't that much that bothered me. It made me laugh, but I was just like, "Where the hell is this?" And uh, <clears throat> because uh, when this guy, when when he um, when Joe uh, tweeted it to us, he freaking um, I retweeted back like uh, like what the hell like out of out of all the thing it seems like only whites were allowed because when you look at the thing all the audience is white like they're yeah, watching it right now yeah there is no minorities anywhere i was like where's where you know where's julio <laughs> you know where where's where you know where's tyrone <laughs> i don't know i'm just trying to think of horrible stereotypical names wow. where's where's lee wow. <laughs> no but in the honesty of that watch it and i'm like where the hell is all the the only blacks i did see though we're in the band, and um, Mary, a uh, mayor, Gordy Wilson. But yeah, the, so that that was like I made that joke. I'm like, were only whites allowed? I'm like, I get they're recreating the 1950s, but damn, I saw no minorities aside from the band. Um, and he just laughed, you know. But it, I mean, I was, yeah. Though I was making a joke at the same time, I was like, 
like yeah like I, I i couldn't understand like if this was in you know america like i'm like damn they they fully went for the whole 1950s film because <laughs> well, it, it would be weird if it was in europe because europe isn't typically you know that into movies like we are like the whole pop culture and thing i mean it's there but not as prominent in their culture. yeah but they they get to they get stuff sometimes first like right. Like, they're getting uh, Back to the Future, the musical, first. <clears throat> you know? Uh, they, uh, they, So, yeah, so a lot of times Europe does get some stuff first. But, but yeah, watch that video, and I'm like, where are all the minorities? It's crazy, dude. This, sounds, this looks awesome. It is. Like, that's the one thing. So, thank you once again. So, the shout-out this week um, goes out to Joe Keaton uh, at 311. Or not 311. Oh, Christ, I said that wrong. But, yeah, just check our Instagram wall. Um, I'll try to... Uh, what you want to call it? Uh, retweet it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. So by the time you hear this, oh well, no. By the time you hear this, we may have tweeted other stuff by then. So just look on our on our Twitter. So yeah, so that's um that's a shout out of the week and the heads up of if you want to see some, uh, maybe if it, it, I mean it looked like it was a huge hit. So hopefully they they travel across the country and uh, they go everywhere because I know um, me and Max uh, last weekend we went to visit the the Twin Pines Mall. Uh, we didn't talk about that last week, but yeah, we went to go visit. Uh, it's called the Puente Hills Mall in uh, City of Industry. La and, Puente. Yeah, or is it Puente Hills? I mean, it says the Puente Hills Mall, but anyways. Um, so I, 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 in all my years there, I, I, I go to that mall. Like, well, I, I, I go to a new mall, but I, I, growing up, I would always go to that mall. And be like, hey, this is where I feel Back to the Future. Yeah, you know. But I've never gone and taken pictures. So this weekend, Max, uh, like I said, we we tried to meet. Uh, Gordy Wilson, the mayor, but, you know, he flaked on us, so then I took Max to go watch the, I mean, to go check it out to the, and we walked over there, took pictures and stuff like that, but at that mall, I know um, when they did the anniversary of Back to the Future, I think, um, when they released it on uh, Blu-ray, they had a whole reenactment, again, like they did with, minus the movie, they just did they reenacted everything, and I remember I wanted to go, but you had to have tickets to go for some reason or something. Or, but I mean, I I had to work that night anyways. But yeah, so uh, check out that video. Hopefully, they come around to your town, and um, you'll be able to see some back to the future. All right, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. So I have one shout out too. Cool. It's totally self promotion, but you guys should be following our Instagram because I think next episode I'm going to uh, describe our. <laughs> christmas or december giveaway yeah and in order to receive the prize you have to be a instagram follower so more details to come in the next episode yeah there uh, um yeah so um yes please be an instagram follower though in case you are a fan <clears throat> and you're not uh an instagram follower the i mean <clears throat> It will suck, but it still goes through our our Twitter and our Tumblr. So hopefully you have an account there. If you're secluded from all of that, uh, maybe Facebook. And even if then, at least if you're a true, if you don't know no other, that means you're a true fan. Because the only way you hear this info is on our on our show. So you could still always email us, and you have to have an email because you need the computer to be able to download us. So once Sorry, you have, we we don't have a MySpace. Yeah, no, we do. <laughs> do we really? Yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. I didn't no, know that. I'm kidding, dude. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Is it? Is they 2005? Get out of here. <laughs> I'm trying to get her name out there. <laughs> Imagine, dude. What, that was, what was it? Justin Timberlake bought MySpace, right? To try to make it all cool. Like, really? yeah, like, I'm going to make a. But I mean, Back to the Future. Oh, MySpace queen. He's bringing MySpace back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm making something now. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so today uh show we have a a, a great store 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 uh, movie uh, episode. What am I saying, dude? It's because it's uh freaking nine or we started at nine forty five on a Saturday morning. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and we all went to bed late. So there you have it, ladies. We're doing this for you. Make it sacrifices for you. All right, Max. Um, you um. This week's, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we're bringing a lot of uh, the 80s, but we're trying to do things different. We talked about this long ago. So one thing I, kn- I knew me and Renata lacked on was gaming. We would always leave out gaming a lot. But today we got uh, a segment, uh, a new segment. Uh, it's called, I don't know what it's called yet, <laughs> but uh, I mean, unless you have a name. Did you think of a name for this? No, not yet. All right. Well, he'll think of a name, but we're going to try We're going to. Travel back to check out some classic 8-bit games. That was an awesome intro music. Can there you, you go, again? dude. Oh, I'm actually <laughs> going to add a sound effect during that point. All right. So, uh, today's review. Well, bef- I-, I just got to say, Sanch, I know you like this game, but you got to let me, you know, say my piece, man. I've yeah. been frustrated with this game. For ten years, yeah. so and I know you you want to defend it, but you just got to keep your tongue shut. All right, let me just do it. All right, All right so go for it. Let's talk this about is game. based off of a movie, kind of that was already reviewed by Santa Renata. It's The Goonies Two for the NES. Yeah, Goonies Two. So what was super confusing about this back in the day, uh, in the eighties, was when this was released. Goonies 2, everybody's like, what? There's going to be another Goonies movie? And that was confusing because there wasn't. (laughs) And also, there wasn't a freaking Goonies game from the NES. What we didn't know at the time, that it was actually on the Famicom, which is the Japanese version of the Nintendo. So they actually had a Goonies game, but nobody in freaking America could freaking play it. (laughs) <laughs> so it's really confusing, and you look at the cover, and it's basically like, you know, it's one of those painted covers and super 80s, and kids were, like, super confused, but they were also excited because they were like, all right, another Goonies movie. Because as a kid in the 80s, you know, who who didn't like the Goonies, right? Yeah. So um, it's it's made by Konami. Konami's a great publisher of games, um, but not so much this one. Anyways, it's it's such a weird freaking game to begin with because it's like a two it's two kind of styles put in one it's a uh side scrolling you know kind of not beat them up but you like go around and you go into doors and stuff but then when you go into these doors it's like a point and click adventure game and it's terrible you have like these four options you have like walk punch take or use your web or use your items or weapons but it, it wasn't done well at all, in my opinion. And then, so, like, so here, here, here it is. So you first, you go into the game, and you're this kid. 
but there's no real story before. You're just dropped in, and, you know, you, you look at the guy, you're like, who the heck is that supposed to be? <laughs> Are you even a Goonie? Are you a new Goonie? Are you Mikey, Mal, Data, Chunk? I don't know. Are you Sloth? But he's like, you know, who are you supposed to be? And then uh, your character has a cut-off shirt and pink pants, and you're like, <laughs> is that Brad? Like, you know? Like, who is this supposed to be? So later on in the game, you figure out that uh, the Fratellis, they broke out of the freaking prison, and you and they, they put the Goonies back, and, and they, like, capture them because they're pedophiles or something. I don't know. Um, so it, it, it's weird. And so I guess you're Mikey, and you have to free all your friends. But also, here's the catch. You have to free the Goonies and Annie. And you're thinking, oh, Annie? You mean Andy, the hot cheerleader? No, Annie, the freaking mermaid. You remember that in the Goonies, right? Hell yeah, freaking I do. mermaid? <laughs> yeah, I remember the mermaid. <laughs> Annie, the mermaid. And you're like, what? what is this going? What is this? So, you know, the first time I played it, I plugged it in. And I remember I bought it at a Hollywood video store at for like a dollar two dollars and i was so stoked i was like man this is gonna be freaking awesome and at the time i was like goonies 2 i didn't even know there was a goonies 2 movie so i started getting all excited so i put it in and then the first thing you hear is uh the goonies are good enough by cindy lopper and it's that's probably like the best thing about this movie yeah, is that eight yeah. bit rendition of that song mm-hmm. and it goes you know, I, I actually just played the, the Goonies uh, 2 version. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you're playing, but you're just like, oh, it's such a mess. And it's this is one of those games where it's so convoluted and you have no idea what the heck is going on. Because um, it's not clear. Back then, the... Um, there was, there was no internet, there was no walkthroughs, there was no YouTube, so you had no idea what to do, because there was, like, the side-scrolling, and then you went through these doors, and it was, like, a back of a map, so you had two maps that you constantly went in through doors, and it was, like, a front and a back, and you had no idea where you're supposed to go, because you're supposed to go to one side to the other, but there's really not a lot of indication of where you're supposed to go, so, um... Yeah, man. I mean, I played it as a, as to refresh my mind because honestly, I think I've only played it about fifteen twenty Wait, minutes. Wait, you still have the game? Yeah. Oh, what the hell? Of course I do. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, it's like the enemies in this game. You think it'd be like the Fratellis or whatever? They're they're freaking snakes, spiders, Eskimos, walruses, Eskimos. Like, yeah, it's, is, it's why ridiculous. are they evil? I don't know, man. I just know that you just gotta. And there's like a snow level, and it's just—it's not the Goonies. It's not the Goonies. <laughs> we should have a real Goonies game. So it is um, a Goonies game. I didn't—I didn't like this game. We had this, Goonies the, one for that. <laughs> it was only on the Famicom. Only if you were in Japan, you know. So um, I don't know. It. it, it I think I might be one of the minorities on this one, but I didn't. I didn't care for it. I just thought it tried to do too much, but it didn't succeed. The 1987 game. Yep. And the only way you could beat it is if you had the Nintendo uh, Player's Guide. Yeah, uh, I, I I had the whole map because they actually had it released on on Nintendo Power magazine. Did they? Yeah, it was on in the Nintendo Power magazine. I remember one of the. Uh, 
they actually had the whole entire map to Goonies 2. So it showed you where to go, all the secrets and everything in the Nintendo Power. Yeah, dude, that, Nintendo Power. See, that was the thing, like, when it came to g- games back when, Nintendo games, um, they just threw you in. You press start, and boom, you're... you're what is going on? Yeah, yeah, you have no idea what's going on. And see, the thing was, is because with the programming back when, they didn't want to spend all that time doing the story and all this and that. They would do that at the end where it would show your face and they'll say, you know, don't do drugs and whatnot. Um... <laughs> Or, like, I think it... What was it? Ghostbusters, when you pass it, like, they have a horrible, like, misspelled word. I can't even think of it right now. You but... say congratulations for beating a good game or something like that. I don't know. Congratulations, <laughs> probably. But anyways, I... Um, but if you... The booklet always, always had um, the story. If you read the booklet... Like, so every time you bought a game, it came with the booklet. In the booklet, it told the story as to what's happening in the game. But we didn't know that. We, I mean, come on. We were kids. Like, I don't want to read. Like, who cares? Like, and the, see, that was another cool thing about um, the difference between gaming then and gaming now. Is like, for instance, when when you play a game now, you're literally going through a, somewhat of a tutorial as you're playing. Like, it's saying, do this. If you need to do this, do this button. Do this. And then you're you're set free. And you're they going on. They hold your hand. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah it's, exactly. They hold your hand for the first like little bit of the first round you know for the first 15 minutes of the game they're holding your hand like whatever game it is like hey we gotta sh- uh, shoot that thing oh, and then it's like so then it says crouch down this and that and then after that they trust you and you go off whereas to games back in the day like goonies 2 that's it you just as you push start right when you started the game you're like all right uh b i'm assuming is jump a is all right the the whatever items like every game was like castlevania even castlevania in the very beginning like you start the game you're walking you know you're walking all about and then once you get to the castle it shows that cool scene of the castle and this and that but even then like you didn't know like well the whip like oh what do i do with the whip and this and that like none of these games did that in the games because what they did is like look we're not gonna waste any time doing that in the games we're gonna put this in the booklet if you want to know how to play this freaking game look at the booklet and yeah that's what the booklet the booklet always had that page that showed the controller and it had like the little lines pointing to b a and it said jump you know item select the weapons choose your weapons this and that so on and so forth they want they just made it easy because they're like look we don't have want to have that in the game but now every game now every next gen game you know uh like we're gonna next Black Friday, we're gonna we're gonna go and, and get my little brother a freaking PS4, and I guarantee you, the first game he's gonna play is gonna have a freaking tutorial in the game. You know, it's like now, it's like, dude, like we don't need that. We didn't need it then. We don't need it now. Like, just put it in the book. It's because it's because the market is for kids, and kids are stupid, so <laughs> they need to know what to do. But the market was for kids then. That's true. We were just smarter, dude. Yeah, it had to be, you know. These kids are lazy. Yeah, like, it's like I, and I hate the games that have to have the tutorial in the very beginning, like, where you're, like, at some camp or something or whatever, like, it's just like, all right, just let me, let me situate and figure it out, you know, or if it's in the booklet, like, you know, but then again, it's just like, I guess we got to an age of, like, whoa, but even then, because look, if I, all right, let's just say Contra, I have Contra and I'm playing it. Once I pass it or whatever, and you want to borrow it, I'm not going to give you the whole thing. 
I give you it. So you don't even have the booklet. I just give you the game to borrow. You're right. still going to figure how to play the freaking game. It's not hard. Yeah. yeah. No, and to go back to the Goonies, too, um, I mean, the only way that you could have beat, beaten this game is to make your own freaking map. And that's what, like, the thing about, especially with Nintendo, is developers didn't have a lot of money and a lot of time. So rather than making, like, you know, maybe, like, six or seven levels, they'd make, like, two or three levels and make it where you have to go back and forth and doing all the stupid things, going back in levels, just so it, the game would seem longer. It's a cheap trick, but I guess you got to do what you got to do in the 80s. So we've come a long way. But anyways, um, if you're looking for the goodies too, I would say I would say it's still, I mean, it's still worth, you know, getting, picking it up if you see it at a flea market or... Um, I think you might you might pay too much if you see it at a video game store that sells vintage games, um, but you just need to know what price you're looking at. So if it's the if it's just the cartridge, just the cart, around five bucks. If it's the cart manual, around seven dollars. If you can find it complete for uh, it goes about for thirteen dollars. That's about what the the value is. I mean, pick it up. Whenever you see a complete box set. And everything's in it. You always just want to pick it up. If it's if it's around fifteen, depending on the game, twenty dollars. I would say just pick it up because you never know um, if you'll see that ever again. So uh, yeah, I mean that's personally it's not my favorite, but I can see why people would like it and why it could be a favorite for some people. Yeah, I played it the way I played Goon, uh, Goonies two. I actually played Goonies one also. Um, there is this this um, one time my my mom. She was, uh, she had to go, uh, at a bank, this one, like, this one bank, I don't know, it was years ago, so she went there for, like, a, like, two weeks before she had to go back to her other bank, I guess she was training or something, some people there, but regardless, there's a video store next door, and the guy, you know, rented out, uh, video games, and then my mom would go rent video games for us, because the guy would, like, always, like, oh, yeah, you're here, and then he would, he would just give them, like, like, rent them out for free to, like, the people who worked in the bank, because I guess he had an account there, and, <clears throat> There was this one time that my mom got uh, a Nintendo game that had, like, a hundred games in it. But it wasn't the ones, you know, because I've seen those before, and they're always, like, crappy games in the Nintendo. Action 52, perfect example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're always, like, crappy. No, 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 this one had, like, really good Nintendo games. Because in it was Goonies 1 and Goonies 2 robin hood like they had all these freaking games that i had never played before Easy. yeah like i remember the the robin hood uh prince of thieves game was actually pretty good because it almost played off like an rpg because right. as you go along in the game like it's like when you when you press like select or whatever it shows the body of robin hood and you add his armor to his body as you accumulate it or the weapons like oh i'm gonna use the bow and arrow i'm gonna put the sword here the shield and then yeah like that's how i played goon and like when I saw Goonies 2, as a kid, I was like, Goonies 2? I'm like, did they make a Goonies 2 movie? Like, you know, I, I didn't know any better. Like, what the hell is this? But, you know, obviously they didn't. And then, yeah, and then they had Goonies 1. I was like, oh, cool. And I, I, I actually played both versions. So, it, I mean, it was fun. The, I mean, the reason why I enjoy the game is just for nostalgia factor. Uh, knowing that, you know, it's one of those are like, were you one that actually got to play this game? Because it's, it's kind of hard to find. Also, to the music. I just, I like, you know... I really love video game music, especially all the 18 and 6, I mean, no, 18, 16 and 8-bit music, um, and that was, like, a cool little version. I played it a little bit ago, but, yeah, it's just, like, the cool little, 
you know, just creating that music back when, how they did this, is just freaking awesome. So that's my two cents on Goonies 2. Right. And I uh, just want to say, if you have a game, uh, whether it be, you know, Atari or NES, anything that was made in the 80s, and you'd like us to review it, uh, the best way is, you know, um, I mean, send it to us. Direct message us in, in Twitter or um, Instagram or Facebook. Just send us a message. Uh, we can give you the address and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, and we'll give you a nice shout-out, and maybe we'll give you a uh, prize or something, <clears throat> some 88 miles per hour stickers or something. So, uh, yeah, so if you want a game for us to review, we'll give you a shout-out and just uh, send your game this way. Yeah, and then right there, as Max mentioned, uh, we're going to be having uh, 88 miles per hour stickers coming um, I was supposed to work on them last week, but shortly after the episode, I had to get ready for work and I was already feeling a little sick. And this whole week I was destroyed. I got horribly sick. Sanch got Ebola. Yes, I did. So, um, uh, but yeah, we're gonna, that's a cool little announcement. Eight, uh, eight, I mean, my oh, Christ, what the hell's wrong with me? 88 eight, eight miles per hour podcast sticker. So there we go. Dharma. <laughs> Oh, we're you know what we're perfect. We should do it now. Um, we're we're at the the perfect mark. So I think I think it's time, man. Let's do this. So let me let me pull up uh, my information. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for this week's movie that we are going to talk about. Uh, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, please follow us. Before anything, follow us on Instagram. You know, it's eighty eight mph podcast. Follow us on Twitter. It's 88MPHPod. We're also on Tumblr at 88MilesPowerPodcast. You could just search us out. And, um, you know, uh, Facebook, you know, uh, I think with Facebook is written now, 88. Um, but you could easily find us. If, if you have trouble finding you could always find us through the Brothers Bear Podcast. Um, and we have a Podbean also, you know, uh, podbean.com forward slash. 88 miles per hour podcast but i believe that one is written 88 because someone had already taken 88 they have 88 but don't do anything with it so i'm assuming they had plans and they're just trying to steal you know do i'm gonna home but yeah so make sure you follow us like us comment and especially if you're an itunes listener please rate comment and review us on itunes it helps build uh, the show on iTunes, so please uh, do that and and talk to us if you want to ask us questions, interact. If you want Max to, yeah, like, uh, you know, hey, what would you think of this game? I want to talk about this game. You know, talk about this game. You want a movie? Shout us out on on any format: Twitter, Instagram, anything, whatever you have. Facebook, shout us out with an image of you or or however you want to do it. Be creative, but as long as there's something that says I heart. 88 miles per hour podcast and uh, you get to decide the movie for us to do on an upcoming episode we've already had two fan submissions we Wait. had um the um, what's the boombox one <laughs> i can't think of the say name anything. yeah I, I couldn't say anything so i couldn't think of it and then we also had empire strikes back so we have yet to do the rest of the star wars flicks but we did do empire 
Uh, that was a good one because we had a ton of special guests in that episode. So if you haven't listened, to that, go back and listen to Empire Strikes Back because we had a lot of people that were from the Star Wars universe come in and uh, talk to us about Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. So go check it out if you haven't listened to that episode. But yeah, but shout us out. You get to pick the movie and then, you know, so fan submission. So, you know, hey, uh, uh, there you have it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So here we go. Um, you want me to intro it or you? <clears throat> you go for it. Okay. So we're going to travel back to the days where Lucas was uh, basically like, eh, I don't want to make anything, but I'll write it. You know, and he was a story by creating all these things and just handing them out. Kind of like Spielberg did, but Spielberg obviously did it much better. But, you know, at a time, at some point in the 80s, there was a lot of films like, for instance, Goonies going right back to that um goonies was it was a story by steven spielberg but he had richard donner direct it and this was a movie that was actually a story by george lucas and he passed it on to those of you might know who is a he's actually a pretty big time director but we'll get into this movie about where he stands on this one but it's legendary filmmaker ron howard directed the classic fantasy film willow from 1988 Boom. Go. You're good, man. You could say your words. I probably should have said the actors, huh? But, you know, it doesn't really I matter. I do that. Yeah, All go right. for it. All right. So, Willow. You know, it's interesting because when you think of 80s movies, Willow never really comes up. Yeah. It's kind of a forgotten film, which was kind of interesting because, I mean, I guess it was a... Uh, a hit in the box office. I mean, it made about $57 million on a budget of 35 So, you know, it had big names at the time. I mean, now we kind of look at it, but it had Val Kilmer yeah. at, at the time. Who he was I like, thought, honestly, for years growing up as a kid, who I thought was John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> no lie, dude. I seriously thought that was John Travolta, dude. I can see he, that. They kind of look similar. Yeah, at that time, I was like, oh, that's John Travolta. He's a guy, you know, like, afterwards, like, uh, you know, because Look Who's Talking came out shortly, not too long afterward or whatever. But it was during the VHS point where I was like, that's John Travolta. That's John Travolta. But, yeah, I, I actually saw this in the theater when it was released. I was not alive, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it in the freaking theater. I remember it was AMC 10 in City of Industry across, you know, the way, right literally across the freeway, like, you know, next door to the Twin Pines Mall. And I remember going on a, on the, I think it may have been on a Friday or Saturday night, going and seeing Willow, packed house. It was, it was the big, you know, every movie theater has that one theater that's massive. Right. That right. was the one I saw it in. It was, and that yeah. Was. It was, it, was, it was cool, and I still remember that night watching it, so it's actually pretty awesome. But anyways, go on. So I'll give the kind of synopsis of this freaking film. So you have Willow. Of I'm Go Willow. Um, and he's played by Warwick Davis, who is pretty much, if you need a small person in any movie but The Lord of the Rings, he's in it. So he was actually the leprechaun. He was Professor Flitwick in Harry Potter. Um, he was in, uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, so he's, he's actually has his own show right now, doesn't he? Like no, it's on BBC or something. No, he did. He did. I wanted to get into that too, but he did. It was called Life's Too Short. Uh, ah, dude, it, it, it is so great. Have you ever seen it? 
I've, I've seen an episode. Ah, oh, dude, I love that show so much. If you could just watch clips online, just look up the uh, the Liam Neeson on Life's Too Short. That's just freaking hilarious. That or it's a Ricky Gervais uh, produced show, but it's about Warwick Davis. But it's like um, the way they do it is they do the mock reality kind of like they do i always try to relate it to people could understand because this is more you know mainstream this is the end this is the end obviously is all these movie stars who are playing themselves so it's kind of like neil patrick harris and harold and kumar it's he's playing neil patrick harris but it's not you know that's why it says neil patrick harris as neil patrick not neil patrick harris as himself and vice i mean uh same goes to this is the end because they're playing you know kind of characters of themselves caricatures of themselves but it's supposed to be the reality of like oh this is how they really are and this is what life's too short is about it's about warwick davis who talks about like yeah his massive career and all these films and all that and like he's trying to like you know get back out there all huge but like a lot of his uh fellow castmates are like get the hell out of here like what are you doing like or just they see him as dirt. it's a really good show if you could watch it's it, it it's, it's hilarious but go on i saw the i saw one where he was like at a star wars convention or something and signing uh autographs and stuff i thought it was funny i didn't know what it was i just fell upon it you know yeah and, uh, you gotta watch the johnny depp one the johnny depp one is hilarious when johnny depp comes in because it this is how old the show is because there was um it may have been three years ago Richie Gervais hosted the Golden Globes and he made fun of everybody and he made a huge joke about um Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp because they had just released um The Tourist and that right. movie was terrible and he makes a huge joke about that right before they walk out or something like that or whatever so Johnny Depp comes in all pissed off and he starts trying to make fun of Ricky Gervais um and it's just it plays out really good like that whole scene is awesome and and Warwick Davis, he, it's just, I like that scene. It's very much in the style of the original office of, with Ricky Gervais because there are moments where they do that. They look at the audience. Like, they'll look at the, it's like a document. It's, it's shot like that in documentary style, you know. It's really good. So, if you can, check it out. Warwick Davis, life's too short. But back right, to anyways, Willow. Now, back to Willow. I'm Willow. <laughs> um, so, here's, here's, here's basically the plot. So, there's this queen called queen Babmorda, and she's like this evil queen and she's i don't know in charge of this whole realm this whole earth and there's uh different types of creatures in it and i don't even know what the name of these type of people they just call them pecs but uh, i think that's like a derogatory term but uh you got willow and he's pretty much like in a hobbit you know village and there's all these small people, and they kind of just keep to themselves. But anyways, there's this there's this prophecy that there's this baby that's going to overthrow uh, Queen Babmorda. So Queen Babmorda tries to go and kill all these all these um, kids because they're looking for uh, this little girl who has a mark, and she's only like a couple months old. Anyways, so the uh, they they send her down this this river. And I'm going to get back to all this stuff, too, because there's too much parallelism to the freaking Bible and to The Hobbit and all this stuff. But anyway, so uh, Willow finds his baby, and they Wait, find no, out correction. The kids find the baby. The kids. Um, <laughs> actually, what's interesting is Willow's like, oh, it's a it's a Daikini baby. We should just put it down there. Like, this this guy wanted to kill his baby, man. He did, dude. He's just like, let's <laughs> just push it down the river and let it. Right in front of his kids, too. Like, <laughs> 
That's a good <laughs> Let's not have to do all oh, that kid's annoying. Da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyways, they find out that this baby actually is important um, because he goes and tries to just drop him off to any human that he can. Um, he gets um, told by some kind of fairy that she's actually special. So then he is on this mission to get her to safety. He runs into this um, Val Kilmer's um, character called Mad Mardigan. And uh, Mad Mardigan is a kind of brute, kind of loser guy who's who has a skill with the swords and stuff. And basically they go and they try to uh, conquer Queen Bav Morda. And there's a lot of stuff going on. You, know, you want to mention anything in it? Or well, you just want to talk about it? No, I mean, I mean, you kind of got the gist of it uh, with the <laughs> the plot story. Yeah, it's 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 just it's your typical fantasy film about it. It's, I mean, I guess we could start getting into the similarities, like, like because it's like, yeah, it, it almost plays off like The Ring. You got this Hobbit-like creature because they don't. Yeah, you're right. They don't give a name, but the derogatory name, just like how it's like they hate the word midgets. For them in this realm. You know, this earth, you know, if you don't, like, get, like, what realm would be, it would just, like, be, like, they're, they're, this, the world, the earth, you know, just... Middle like, earth. <laughs> yeah, you know, this this is where the whole earth, where they would live. It's not, like, it doesn't take place in our earth. It takes place in another, you know, earth or whatever, you know. So that's why they say realm. But um, they're not called hobbits or anything. We, we're never given actual names. They're just called pecks, but they hate being called peck. Um, so uh, that... I mean, so it's Hobbit-like, you know, they, he comes across this baby, and then the, 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 they gather in a meeting saying, like, we need to take it back. We need to take it to, you know, Mount Doom, in a sense, like, get rid of it to that area. So then they go on a little adventure traveling along, almost, it, it plays off very much like Lord of the Rings, you know, um, like, just the beginning of Lord of the Rings, you know, that whole journey and all that, and getting oh. together. <clears throat> so, they have that similarity also, too, with the whole, um... You know, I guess you brought it up, but with the Bible, you know, the whole putting the baby, like, like, I mean, you explain that little similarity of that part, Max. So, like, you have the nativity, um, the story where Jesus is supposed to uh, be born, and you have King Herod wanting to, like, kill all these babies and stuff, and even with, like, Moses, um, uh, they they, want to, you know, kill these babies because there's prophecies, there's... um, you know, wise tales that these people are going to overthrow in power. So it's just, it's really interesting, just the, the the similarities. I mean, George Lucas, we all know, is not the most creative guy as far as, <laughs> you know, stories. And nothing is original with George Lucas. Nope. Even the Star Wars films, he know. just pulled from old Western movies, old, you know, um, from the 50s. The samurai old movies. movies. I know he picked samurai from a movies. lot of them. Yeah. I can't remember which ones so, George Lucas totally just was pulling from the Bible, pulling from tokens, uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So I'll just I'll just go for it. So as a kid, this was one of those movies that I didn't own on VHS, but I remember renting it all the time. You always had that one movie where you're like, you just rented it like week in and week out. That was Willow for me. And I loved it. I loved it. And I actually... 
I haven't seen this movie probably since I was, since like, you know, maybe the mid to late nineties. So yeah. I had this huge nostalgic uh, memory to it. And I was like, man, Will is awesome. That's why I wanted to review this. But then watching it as an adult, all I could think was, man, this movie's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, it, it didn't matter the nostalgic. It was just, it was, to me, it was just not good. I think a lot of it was just Lord of the Rings just ruined it for me mm-hmm. in ways because that was such a good movie. And you can tell just the similarities that George Lucas tried to do. But um, I don't know, the whole, the whole Willow character, man. First of all, Warwick Davis has freakishly large hands in comparison to the rest of his body. Like, I just couldn't, like, I was, like, mesmerized by it because his hands were, like, you know, uh, the size of a uh, full-grown adult, but his body isn't. So I'm like, dude, like, this guy, he he should be, like, I don't know, like, a a center for a football team. He'd be able to snap (laughs) the ball real good. But, um, so, I don't know, just the Willow character was so annoying to me. He's always like, you can't do that to an infant. Mad Mordigan, you can't do this. That's not how you dumb enough. Don't give a black weed, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm just like, wh- why are you the hero? You are so annoying. I wanted one of those freaking devil dogs to just eat him or just, like, you know, bite his face off so he wouldn't be able to talk anymore. And that it's, just, it's so interesting because he's, like, the character that is the most unlikely hero. And that's kind of where the angle of this movie plays. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Lord of the Rings did it way better. And it's interesting because this whole movie was made for Warwick Davis. Uh, George Lucas saw him and said, hmm, I'm going to make Willow. Yep, <laughs> yep. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, because he, he, he conceived the idea back in 1972. So Right. Right, but and, and so that, how, how? I mean, that's the one thing. It came back in nineteen. He he came up with the idea in nineteen seventy two, but they say it also says that yeah, he came up with the idea when he saw him during Return of the Jedi. Right, and this was way after nineteen seventy two. You know, right. maybe so, he had the the original concept. Yeah, and... but he could never like pinpoint like. And then once he saw Warwick, he's like, hmm, I'm going to write a movie specifically for you. <laughs> So uh, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll, I'll get into my uh, top five useless but interesting facts. So before we get any further, so number five is Val Kilmer <laughs> improvised much of his dialogue. Hmm. Couldn't see that by his acting performance. <laughs> and that's like another thing is like, to me, it was like um, his acting was such a contrast to everything else. And every other character, because they were, like, all pretty mythical and kind of, you know, almost like a Renaissance-type feel to it. And then Val Kilmer was just very modern. And yeah. then to me, it just didn't work. Um, but it does. It makes sense that Val Kilmer, you know, improvised most of his dialogue. <laughs> which means that when <laughs> he was, you know, spitting game to his, his girl, trying to spit woo when he was in his uh, love trance or whatever that yeah. was all the heart of val kilmer which is interesting <laughs> <laughs> no yeah right that was written too well it had to be the only scripted thing he said uh so the number four uh interesting but useless information about willow is the devil dogs which by the way as a kid this movie terrified me yeah let, let's focus dogs, on that for a bit these dogs terrified me dude yeah when because that okay that that's what i have to admit when <clears throat> 
Because I was the same like you. Um, well, actually, I saw this movie back in like 2006. That was the last time I had seen it because I knew someone that was like loved Willow, and they actually owned it, but on VHS, and we watched it. And but I I I, I just knocked out because I was so tired. So I I I saw like halfway through it, but I'm like I as I was watching it back in 06, I was like I still remembered everything. So I'm like, damn, I think I watched this movie a lot as a kid because it was never like. I watched this and I'm like, I forgot this. I forgot that. Because even yeah. then, when I watched it for this episode, I was like, I memorized everything. But the one thing that I always remembered about Willow was that as a kid, it scared me. Like, there were moments that scared me. And one of them were these freaking dogs. Especially in the beginning. when Because, like, the, the one thing that you kind of left out is that, yeah, like, the, the, the evil queen has the prophecy that this baby is going to, you know, overthrow her and, you know, kill her. So she wants to get rid of all these, the, you know, it's a female child that has a birthmark. So when they finally find this child, uh, this, uh, the, I guess it's like, I can't, uh, I can't remember what's, huh? It's a ritual. No, no, no. <clears throat> uh, it's a, uh, it's like a nurse that helps during the freaking. Oh, maid servant. I guess. Right? Um, I don't remember what they call it. Midwife. They, midwife. Midwife. There you go. Uh, she she escapes with the baby. And she goes in the whole opening credits. It's all nice music. And she's walking away with the child, getting away, trying to get away to save this child. But um, that's when you hear the dogs. And then that's when she goes to a river, finds like this little like, you know, lily paddish with leaves and all that. And puts the baby, sails it away. And then as the baby's going away, you see the image of the dogs run across the way and attack this woman. And I was like, holy hell. And as a kid, these dogs just look scary. And I know you're going to get to what the, the dogs actually are. But as a kid, they freaking scared the hell out of me. Because I thought that scene was scary. Because, like, dude, these dogs just ate this woman. Though, what doesn't make sense in the story, later on in the movie, she, this throughout the whole movie until the end, she's like, where's the child? Where's the child? And they're just searching. Like, well, we haven't, we have yet to find the child. You know, queen, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I want the child. But then she says, but I need the child alive. Because she has to do a ritual in order to take the baby's soul or whatever and transfer it to some other stupid realm or some nonsense. And so I'm like thinking, no, there was no soldiers around. The dogs ran. So what if the lady was still holding the baby? Those dogs would have eaten the baby. And her plan would have been, it would have not mattered. Like, because she just killed the baby. So she would not have taken the baby's soul. So the soul would have been born in another baby and she would have just died anyway. So I don't know. I just thought that was stupid. But those dogs were scary. And... Throughout the movie, the dogs come up, and they are those are freaking scary. But keep going, tell us what the freaking the dogs are. <laughs> so they never have a name in the movie, which I thought was a missed opportunity. They could have called them, I don't know, maybe uh, Evil Maxes or something. <laughs> but they could have gave him a cool name. But uh, the the devil dogs were uh, actually Rottweilers in rubber masks and suits. But I remember the dogs used to terrify me, especially that scene where they're like let loose into the colony of small people because yeah. I don't know what they're called in the movie. So, and, and you just see all these people. There's like a, a lot of these uh, small people and, um, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> running everywhere. And these dogs, they just look so much bigger um, in comparison. And you see kids screaming and crying and the dogs are just like attacking them. They actually bite some of the, the people. This is nuts. I remember that scene scared me. The scene where um, they're about to do the battle and um, 
the the queen Bavmorda. She puts a, a, a spell on uh, the whole army, and they turn into pigs. Dude. I, that freaking just tore me up. Like I was like, oh, I can't handle this because this the this. This the face and it was really well, well done the the practical effects see and, and that's what I gotta say about that is that even today right now in 2014 that looked good because I yeah. love practical effects and that looked awesome compared to the brownies <laughs> you <laughs> that the the effects for the visual I mean as a kid I remember they looked cool like the brownies they looked real but in watching now I'm like damn you could see but it was like the beginning of you know industrial CG. yeah industrial like in i mean not cg but um green screen because right. this was the 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 very right. early it's... days of industrial light and magic you know the, the it all started with the whole like freaking you know star wars and everything but this was like his big like you know company thing that always did his films and but i loved really loved the way yeah like the the pigs look that looked freaking awesome and though i have to say the morphine for when Willow was transforming, uh, oh, what the hell happened? All right, I just lost Max. Hello? Hey, <laughs> I just lost you. What happened? I don't know. I got sent. I got sent to the the other realm, dude. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, Max just got sent to another realm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the... so Willow. Yeah, the 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 practical stuff in this movie looks awesome. Even the map paintings, the paintings were like instead of like building a whole actual like you know they don't have like now they use like New Zealand and sometimes they'll put a little bit. But what they used to do a lot, especially if you watch like for instance like you know the Princess Bride, you know they even did it on Spaceballs. Like a lot of these movies back in the day, especially these fantasy films, what they would do is they would just paint. A whole mat painting and then they would superimpose like the image of of whatever the scene was so like if there's like a scene where like the characters are on a hill and they see the whole like world it was all painted so it was like a practical effect look and i love that um but aside from that like the just the the brownies green screen looked terrible okay i think i lost max i'm, I'm we may I'm pause here. I'm here. oh you're there okay cool yeah we'll just do it like this we can't see each other but i can still hear each other so yeah, I gotta say, practical effects lived up in this movie. The the creature effects, even like the trolls, the way they looked all weird and scary. They scared oh, me as dude, kids. They, oh my gosh, that was the scariest part was the freaking trolls. Yeah. It looked like uh, Planet of the Apes meets um, what's that? Congo meets... Yes! <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that, that, the trolls freaking scared me. It's out of nowhere. They just come out and they're like... Bah! And I'm like, no, this movie sucks. Why are they doing this to me? Yeah. Anyways, so uh, that's the the fourth useless but interesting fact was the devil dogs were actually Rottweilers and rubber, rubber masks and suits. The third one is actually there was twins um, playing, uh, was it Elo, Eleonora, right? Danon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Elora. Is it Eleonora or Elora? Ah, I, I don't know. Who cares? The chick. I know I'm going to mispronounce it, so it doesn't matter. Alora. <laughs> that is Alora. Yeah, just there say Alora. Who cares, dude? Alora. 
<laughs> uh, so the the baby, and you know, you see this in Full House with uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, but um, the the baby was played by twins, and they were six month old twins, and they needed to have red hair and a full head of hair, and because they were only six months old, they didn't have hair. So the production team they put a wig on, but applied syrup, maple syrup, instead of using that wig. Uh, adhesive because that would be too harsh for the baby's smooth skin. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Great knowledge to keep in your long-term memory. <laughs> so uh, the second one is, and this is this is interesting, uh, John Cusack, uh, say anything, tested for the role of Ben Mardigan but lost to Val Kilmer. Could you imagine if uh, Cusack, if this guy was Mad Mardigan? I mean, look. Uh, we you weren't around for this episode, but I mean, it would it would have been possible because when um <clears throat> um there was this one uh I'll, I'll bring it up so you know for and the fans if they didn't catch our say at anything episode I brought it up then uh, there was this other podcast that I listened to and they had um uh, Danny Trail you know Machete you know he was on the show. And they talk to him because he's been in a lot of movies. He's met a lot of actors and stuff. And, and, you know, he always plays a tough guy. And he said, who in film do you consider the, the toughest guy in, 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 at all, like, it, that you've ever met? Who is, like, the, the, the most that would kick ass big time? And he said John Cusack. He said he's the one. It's like he, he look, you look at him and you think, like, yeah, whatever, but he can this guy can kick butt. John Cusack is like, out of all the people he's ever met in the industry of Hollywood, he knows a lot. Of, he's met a lot. He's been in a lot of big action movies and stuff like that. John Cusack is the the main one. I was like, damn. And when I brought that up, so when I read this info after knowing that, I was like, all right, yeah, I could see him. I mean, he probably would have been, you know, pretty badass. Like, he would have been all fighting and everything. So, it's a possibility. Like, I, I mean... Who knows? I mean, throw a wig on him and all that. Now, the, the axe and all that, who knows? I mean, he would he have done a better job than freaking John Travolta look alike? I don't know. But, I mean, it could have been, you know, who knows? I, I um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, I think it would just be interesting. I just, I, it's hard for me to picture, like, you know, because I, I, say anything, that's my favorite John Cusack movie. So, I'll, you know, because he talks and he rambles and, you know, I was just picturing him in armor. Well, Willow, we got to go. Uh, we got to go <laughs> take this baby here, this uh, Daikini baby. We got to take it to the But, but, but we have these devil dogs facing us. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Willow? What should we do? Like, it would just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's my imitation. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think it, I don't know. I don't know if it'd work. I, I think it's best for his career that he wasn't in this movie. So here's the number one uh, useless but interesting fact about Willow is Warren Davis at the time was just 19 years old when uh, he did this movie, which is weird because he has a two kids. He has two kids. And um, they're, one was supposed to be like 10, and the other one was like, I don't know, like five or six or something like that. So if you have a 10-year-old and Warren Davis is 19, hmm, I don't know what these, you know, Hobbit-looking people did back then, but I, <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird, man. And uh, he does look young. Warren Davis, look, he looks like, you know, a kid, you know, and he has, like, a family and stuff. It's, it's just, it's just kind of weird um, that they gave him a family and, 
See, but, I mean, I don't know. When I watched this movie, I didn't see a 19-year-old in this. When I, I, He looked like an adult to me as, as a kid. Even growing up, even now, like, I didn't know that. Like, when I ended up researching about this movie and I read that, I was like, oh, what the hell? I didn't know. But every, for years, uh, all these years watching this movie, he always looked older. Like, I, I just, you know, it's just kind of like you figure. Like, he's an adult. But, like, when I look at it now and reading that, I'm like, yeah, they... Even his wife kind of looks young. Like, they both look young. But I'm like, all right, whatever. But who knows? I mean, even way back when, like, people would get married when they were, like, 15, 16. And she would get pregnant and have a kid. I don't know. Like, that was the 50s. So, you know, Lucas was so hopped up and stuck in the 50s. And that's why he did. Or, like, in the, you know, um, early, you know, 60s and all that. Hell, American Graffiti and all that. So who knows what's going on. But all in all, I mean, he... I didn't know he was a kid when he made this movie. He was he's been even twenty yet? He was still nineteen. Yeah, it's crazy. So those are your top five useless but interesting facts about Willow. Yeah, uh, I you know uh, I have to say like about this movie, um, there was something that I noticed about this that I felt it's kind of like Lucas felt he had to do because it's like whenever I come up with something. Uh, I gotta make, like, I gotta add something, you know, to it. And, uh, for instance, he, what he did with this was he created comical relief. Though, I remember as a kid finding these guys really funny. Now, there were certain moments I, I kind of got annoyed by them, but other, but majority I, I was fine with it. But I felt like he would, this is what he was trying to do and phantom menace was he was trying to create the brownie characters again <laughs> with jar jar because if you watch any documentary stuff behind the scenes of the first phantom menace as it's in production he, lucas gets heavily like so much deep detail about why he has jar jar in this movie and he talks about that jar jar is a comic relief jar jar is the thing that holds the movie together jar jar is the comedy in this film that people will love Jar Jar. Like he's all about Jar Jar and that's why he put Jar Jar because he has such a, like a, a serious dramatic film that he wanted to add that levity to the film and put Jar Jar and he's done it in the past before, you know, like, like, I mean, short round, you know, like it was a story by and all this and that, like short round was another character that was just kind of there for comic relief. You know, you also have the brownies, you know, you got this whole movie and then you got these two little characters, you know, making jokes and all this and that. So it's like kind of like, all right, I'm going to do this again, but this time I'm going to do it, you know, in my Star Wars world. It's like it worked out with R2-D2 in which he wasn't planning on doing that, but he did. And he had those two characters like, you know, R2-D2 and, and C-3PO. So it's like, well, all right, well, I'm going to do it again, but with Jar Jar. Sadly, that was the worst, you know, created oh character my gosh, ever. Jar Jar is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> it's, it's worse than, than the chicken pox. It's worse than <laughs> bird heating. Your popcorn in the microwave and getting all burnt and stuff. It's he's the worst thing on earth. Even yeah. worse than stepping on a piece of Legos. He's yeah, the worst. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think it, it is. Jar Jar. Don't even don't. Why did you even bring Jar Jar up? I was trying to go throughout this entire podcast without bringing Jar Jar. You just had to do it. Yeah. Didn't you? All right. Well, you know the original name for this uh, movie, or not the movie, but just the idea, like everything of instead of Willow was called Munchkins. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, 
I wonder why that didn't go by. Yeah, because it, it it was yeah, because it was during because he had this in seventy two, but then when it was during the production of Return of the Jedi, yeah, that Lucas actually approached Warwick Davis. Um, so it wasn't that he he saw because I guess it's misinterpreted there with the information because yeah, because I read that he wrote something specifically for Warwick, but it had actually no, he saw Warwick and said no, I think you would be the perfect part for. Well, of good, you know, and then, uh, and then that's when, you know, cause he was a kid in, in, in 1982. So, I mean, hell, that was a year after I was born, but, um, yeah, he, he took the lead role and, and yeah, it's, it, it, it was, uh, it was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, it was awesome that he got Ron Howard. And the only reason why he got Ron Howard is because Ron Howard wanted to do a fantasy film. And, uh, it was during, uh, post-production of Cocoon cause Cocoon was a, massive um huge hit and because uh that's how they they were able to connect because cocoon used industrial light and magic because if you've seen cocoon they have those like floating weird ghost thingies flying around industrial light and magic did that for uh ron howard's film cocoon so while he was in post-production that's when lucas approached him to be like do you want to direct willow and since you know howard had actually starred in american graffiti uh it's just like they, they, you know, they kind of felt like that symbolic like, relationship that they had shared at that time, that the same that they had, that he, Lucas had with Spielberg. And, um, yeah, he, he, you know, but though Ron Howard did get someone to write the screenplay, because the story, we don't know how much of this was written by Lucas, you know, it could have been written afterwards. Um, but, so yeah, so it's freaking, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's kind of weird, like, how all this played out. It's just... It wasn't a huge hit. It wasn't. It was a moderate hit, but it wasn't huge. And they anticipated for this movie to be massive. And, and, and it just wasn't for them. But I had no idea that they wrote three books after this. Three, yeah. Three, yeah. So they have, like, Willow. And since it wasn't big enough for the studio to be like, all right, we'll make more movies, they continued the story in books. And I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome. So if you want to read more about Willow, go freaking on Amazon. You should be able to find it and, and find the... And oh, they also Marvel also did uh, a freaking um, yeah yeah a, a freaking book, but they have the yeah they have the novels uh, Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and Shadow Star, and then also too, they're the you know they Lucas I mean uh, Davis and Lucas have always been interested in like a sequel. They this was brought up back in two thousand five, then so, uh, again in two thousand eight, and then in uh, twenty thirteen Val Kilmer. Uh, tweeted a photo about willow 2 was right around the corner and that going right back to life's too short because val kilmer guest starred on life's too short and that scene just look it up on you could find the scene because he he uh, uh warwick has a has a freaking assistant that she's just such a she's such a twit she's an idiot and and uh val kilmer he does something every time people are gonna meet him he puts on his batman mask and you, you just gotta watch the scene it's freaking <laughs> it's hilarious but it plays real like i i love it uh uh but yeah you you guys gotta check it out but uh back to willow uh i have a, a bunch of notes that i've written down so we'll go through the notes really quickly about this movie i'm just gonna go down the line um the did you know i i forget his name but he's um did you ever see bad santa yeah oh right. he's uh what's his name tony cox 
That's it. Oh, okay. That's his name, right? Tony Cox. Okay, yeah. He he's he's in this. He plays one of the warriors. Yeah, he's young like, too in it. Yeah, he's young, dude. I was like, hey, it's Tony Cox. And I mean, I noticed this years ago because it was shortly after I saw Black, uh, Bat Santa, and then I happened to come across and watch this movie again. And I'm like, hey, it's Tony Cox. I had no idea, so I thought, like, watching it again, I'm like, hey, look, I know who he is. So I thought that was awesome. Um, the Evil Queen. Every time I saw the Evil Queen, even as a kid till now. She, for some reason, she always reminded me of of one of the characters from He Man, and it's it's one it's not Shira and it's not Evil Lynn. It's the other female in the He Man universe. She kind of looks like she has a falcon on her head because she has like a white thing around her head. Always reminded me of her. I don't know the character's name. That I feel I feel bad about it, but um, but here's one thing I could say. This is my fu moment on the movie because it's, it does. It's uh, what's her name? What? The Sorceress of Castle Grayskull. Yes! That's who... She always reminded me of this evil queen. I don't know why. I mean, you know, she's... The Sorceress from the He-Man is supposed to look all beautiful and all, and this one looks all Wait, old. could you remember that name? No, I... Because <laughs> I... Stupid I, name. I, have, I haven't even looked up anything He-Man in freaking Sorceress years. Sorceress of Grayskull of Naboo and <laughs> Minions and Alice yeah. in Wonderland. <laughs> okay, so let's just... I'm gonna, I'm gonna run down the plot uh, a certain part real quick. Okay, so when they're in the village council, uh, Willow has to, like since Willow found the baby, they say it's best that Willow returns it to. They need to go the Daiketi, right? That's what they're called. Daikini. Daikini. They need Just, to go all the way to the outskirts to get to a certain point and hand off the baby to any Daikini. And and Willow's put in charge of that. The 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 head sorcerer from the village, the wise one, uh, consoles the bones and all that, and then they start to decide. And there's this one big fat uh little guy i he's he's the a-hole the protagonist of the whole freaking little <laughs> he's an he's just he's horrible to willow and at one point when they the they're saying who will go he's like you have my axe and my sword like they do i'm telling you it's freaking so much lord of the rings he must have read lord of the rings at this time i don't know when lord of the rings was released i mean came out but he must he must have been inspired but anyways um the head warrior the guy and i remember him from ghoulies 2 um the little guy he comes up and he's like he's like i'll go and they're like no he's our best warrior you can't take him and then that's when like he like sent he sends him back and then that's when like the little uh sorcerer tells the fat guy all right well you're gonna go and he's like oh no and he calls back the so you know he, he always gets his due like he gets you know all this crap so it's it's awesome you know but when they finally reach this one part, they come across uh, the, the the Val Kilmer John Travolta character and Mad Mardigan, and then that's when like they're like, we just need to hand them off, and and so they hand them off, and he's like, I'll promise I'll take care of it. As Willow's traveling back, they see the brownies on a fal like a I think it's a falcon or an eagle with the baby. They get the baby, uh, a, a forest fairy, you know. She comes up, tells them she's special, this and that, and they they. So they go back and they need to take her to wherever and so on and find an old witch sorcerer and blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a certain scene when they go to a bar. He's like, I need milk for this baby. He goes in the bar and there, there's like a big fight, typical scene in every freaking bar movie, uh, Western. And all that. Which so, is in, you know, The Lord of the Rings again. That's pr the Prancing Pony. Like it's. There's there so much. Go. There's so much there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he he ends up going in a room, and then he comes across this woman, and there's another person with their back to him. It's a man, but he's dressed like a woman. He's like, "Here, hurry up! My husband's coming. Put this wig on and this and that." So he's putting the wig on and all of that, and he's like, "Okay." And then so at that point, you know that at this moment, 
this this wife is cheating on her husband with you know we don't know yet but it ends up being mad mardigan so i'm i'm just gonna give it right away right there but um so they're obviously cheating so he's like hurry up my husband's coming so there, she wants to hide the fact that she's cheating okay that that makes perfect sense right there it's like okay you know you know you've seen that tons of times in movies and stuff like that like so when the husband comes um he's like well, who is it where's the man i know there he's like there is no one here i'm just i've just been here with uh my cousin and he's like oh my cousin now this is the part that really confuses me <laughs> because one the wife is trying to hide the fact that she was cheating yet right in front of her freaking face the husband sees the cousin and be like oh how like how you doing pulls it's like walking to her pulls her up pushes up against uh of the freaking wall and and grabs her boob like literally like gets all fresh on her in front of the wife like the whole time this trying to freaking and and i think he even says do you like to mate or, or or breed do you like to breed and he's yeah. like he's literally asking if you want to you know get down and do the hibbity dibbity you know and it's just like what the hell and the wife is doing nothing like is she gonna allow like the you know so it's like why is she hiding the fact that she was cheating when this guy's like right in her face it's so stupid and then later like i don't know that scene oh like did not make any sense to me because it, it's so stupid i don't know it was just dumb but obviously like the 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 evil queen's army comes in uh, and then they, they's like, oh, there's the baby. And she finds the baby. He's like, and then that's when, uh, Mad Morgan and like, they take off like the, the, the whole like drape wig. And then the, the guy's like, wait a minute, it's a man. And then he gets all mad. I'm like, dude, you were just like flat out. You were, you know, trying to get fresh and cheat on your wife in front of her face. And now you're mad that it was, I don't know. It was so stupid, but you know, they obviously get away, have an awesome chase scene, you know, Willow. And I mean, it's a, it's a, all in all this movie it's one to watch. If you've never seen it, it's a good, like, 80s fantasy film you need to watch. Though it doesn't live up to the other fantasy films, like The Princess Bride, I, in which I honestly have to say is one of my favorite fantasy films from the 80s. But this is one you need to watch still. Um, Mad Mardigan, he's the, he's, the, he's the toughest guy. He fights a whole army by himself. Like, literally. But he does it wise. He sets up traps. He sets up all this. He fights off a whole army. And Willow fights off a bunch of trolls and these weird, like, disgusting creatures. I don't know. It, it, that You know, that was awesome. Um, um, other than that, you know, I actually... I actually said on my notes throughout the movie... Yeah, wa watch this movie. Um, do you have any other final words for this? Yeah, I just... <laughs> um, I got, th like, three quick things. Okay. All right. Tell me which one doesn't belong. All right. Hey, listen to these names. Mad Mardigan, Willow, Queen Babmorda, General Kyle, Migosh, Eric. Eric <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I was dude. like, what? And there's all these mythical, like, you know, names, made up names. And then the dude's name is Eric. I was like, come on. <laughs> but the thing about Eric is, you know, I remember him and uh yeah. rufio you know uh spoiler eric is a is a warrior and he gets um mauled down uh he dies but in heroic fa fashion yeah. uh but him and rufio before that as a kid the good guys never die the good guys never die they never get hurt they always had the heroic um you know battle they always live these two was like the examples of 
your childhood is wrong, Max. Anything <laughs> can happen. All right. So, uh, and then another thing that I wanted to mention is the love story doesn't make sense at all to me. No, that doesn't make sense between um, Sorsha and Mad Mardigan because Mad Mardigan is put under a spell, and Sorsha is the evil queen's um, daughter. So. You know, he, uh, Matt Morgan's under a spell, a love spell, and then he starts spitting woo, like I, uh, mentioned earlier. And she is not under a spell, but she, like, falls in love with him. Seriously. Like, How shallow is she? Dude. She, you know, like, he comes all on her and, you know, says all this poems and, and mushy gushy stuff, and she falls in love, betrays her own mother because this guy is a hunk dude and he violates her in a way because she's laying in bed she's you know she's freaking she's not decent she's like in her pjs of the day and he like literally gets all fresh with her while she's in bed like tries to attack her dude like really like you know and then as he's fighting off the whole army she's just doing nothing just staring at him getting all turned on it's like wow, like what are they trying to say? That just be a tough guy and and you'll you'll get women all turned on. Like you seriously, you see her face and all she's like in her head, like yeah, I'm gonna do that guy later. Like he's he's mine. Like what are they trying to tell us? Like for women, what are they trying to tell women? You know, like that's it's what it. Terrible. Yeah, it, it's so it's so. Uh, uh, you're right. I I forgot to bring that up, but I was just like that bothered me because I'm like really that's all it takes is like swing a sword and fight everybody off and I'll you know the girl would be like oh yeah I want him do 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 you know I don't know it's so stupid man. It, it was like so such a contrast and it just happened like that like it just a snap and she's like oh I like him yeah. You know? So I don't know, man. It was it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is the general. I think it's Kale or whatever. The the dude. Honestly, that is one of the most ba costumes I've ever seen in film. This guy's got some kind of creature skull on his face. Oh, he's in, he's yeah. in black armor. Mm-hmm. He's got a huge cape. He's huge. He is freaking legit. Yes. That's what we we need to see more the sexy saxman cosplays. We need to see this general from Willow cosplays. We need more obscure BA uh, cosplays because that that guy was awesome. Yeah, that guy. He, he, I, I actually even the first time when I when I saw this as a movie, I I thought that was his actual face until like literally a minute in, um, he takes off he takes it off. Right. Um. Uh, I don't. I, I actually I'm getting a feedback on your end i keep hearing myself and an echo uh check check check. well i'm hearing okay there it's gone no it's back ah christ it's gonna come in hold on i'm gonna pull the microphone right now so don't talk for a little bit hopefully um but anyways uh yeah like i thought his costume was pretty it was pretty awesome um hit the mask like he 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 looked really cool I, i don't know how much that actually helps him see but i thought it was awesome uh it was a great mask, uh, but his costume, like this guy, and I mean the way he goes down, he goes down pretty hard. But it, it's awesome, um, yeah. Yep. Well, it's a great movie, and um, another thing I just thought about is how does a troll turn into a giant two-headed beast? Well, it it kind of okay. Cool, it's gone. Um, if you think about it, because okay, going because we didn't really explain fully the whole movie. But 
Willow, the fairies say he needs to find a certain sorcerer who has been I banished. Totally forgot about her. <laughs> yes, that she's been banished to an island. So Willow has to go out and find her. And the thing was, is they transformed her to at that point. She kind of it's not. It's like one of those like she looked like those raccoons that jump off the tree and fly. She looked like one of those at the moment. She's like an Australian mongoose or something. Yeah. So at that moment, um, he he, he has to try to trap transform her back because the 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 great you know fairy of the of the forest gave willow a wand and he says give this one to her and she's like willow you need to transform me back and every time he tries to transform her it's always a new creature like it, it ends up being like a raven at one point then then there's this whole scene where they keep morphing into all these creatures so my assumption because then i didn't understand that then but watching it now I could kind of piece it together was that he freaking transformed like when he was trying to do something to this he transformed just like he did with the little the, the old lady sorcerer he transformed this into like a two-headed evil creature you know in which that always looked nasty and scary because the skin just like rips off right and then like the head start growing out he just kicks it like oh what the hell and then girls all massive though so and and that that's a cool comedy moment because it, it, I, I like it because it, it was very much a moment that you would see in Indiana Jones. It's like you see all the guards and he's like, I'm going to, I mean, not all the army coming up to Man Mardigan. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to fight you all. And they all run off. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's all happy. But he realizes because they're all scared. And he runs out the gates with them because they're all scared together. And then he looks around and then he sees them all. And then they're like, ugh. He's like, get him. Oh, you know what? I wanted to bring that up. Uh, the, the guy with the the, the the main evil knight with the, the skull mask. Every word he said was said like that in the, uh, the whole movie. Because he would be like that. Get him. Show no mercy. Get the baby. Get him. This is Sparta. That, that, he said every single line like that. And it kind of annoyed me. I was like, dude, like, shut up already. But anyways, so... In this scene, when they're they're running away, they find a castle because they say go to this castle and get an army. While well, everybody's been turned, you know, to like stone or something there in that castle, so that's where Willow and and Mad Mardigan had to fight off this army. They fight off the army, they get away, whatever. They go to the island, they get the 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 sorcerer, and then then that's when like with the sorcerer, they use her help. He Willow finally transforms her back, and this was at the time when they go to the castle because they got the baby. Because during that castle scene, the the main evil knight gets the baby, goes back, takes it to the evil queen, and then that's when the good army, one of uh, Mad Mardigan's friends and his army, they all get together, go to the evil castle, and they're gonna we're gonna get that baby back. We're gonna save the day. Evil queen turns them into all pigs. Willow can uh, chance a spell to protect himself. Turns it back to um, the you know uh, a sorcerer, the the old lady sorcerer. But it's been so many years that she's old because she's like I'm a young beautiful woman. So she's been in that transformation for years. She goes, fights the sorcerer, saves the day. Willow ha- has the whole you know. Uh, actually, we were talking about this in screening class. I think it's like a, it's it's called uh, plot and or uh, I, I can't remember what it was called. But what it is is when you, when you use something that it, it, it's um, in the movie where you 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 plot it down and then it comes up you know being something that you use later on in the movie. Movies do that all the time. It's kind of like if you if you think about what's that freaking movie? Um, signs. Remember signs were like in um, 
it's called oh yeah plant and, and payoff that's what it's called in, in screenwriting this plant and payoff where there's an item like in in the fifth element remember the matches he's a smoker and he only has two matches right. and later in the movie he's like he's like you got any matches yeah I, I don't have any matches if i knew i would have smoked i would have had matches and then they has the matches and you know he lights it they do that in movies all the time and they did that where where willow does his little magic trick in the beginning of the movie he does his magic trick and it fails him. Later on in the movie, he does the exact same magic trick and freaks out the sorcerer. Like, you made him disappear. And and that. So Willow obviously saves the day. He goes back to his town. Willow becomes the sorcerer, the big sorcerer that he is. And the movie ends. So all in all, it's a great freaking movie. So, I mean, that's a, I mean it is kind of boring at times. But I, I, as a whole, like I said, I, I wasn't disappointed. It, I can see why it didn't do better that it should have. I can see the issues with it. But as a whole, I was like, it, it's still an all right fantasy film for the 80s. Max, you already said your final words, right, on the film? Yeah. So I, I guess uh, Santos, out of four devil dogs, how many devil dogs do you give this film? I would have to say maybe uh, two and a half. I guess. Yeah, two and a half sounds good. Maybe two and a half. Somewhere about close to three because it's not perfect. It's not a great movie, but it's not bad. It's right in the middle. It has to be in the right. middle. Yeah, uh, I'd give it about two. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. so, so like, I, I know we're, we're, it seems like we're knocking this movie, people, but you, you, you sh- if you've never seen Willow, check it out. All right. It's, so, it's, it's, it's definitely worth, worth uh, seeing, definitely. Yeah. All right, cool. So really quick, I'm just going to give you the song of the week uh, since we're we're talking about little people, the pecs, you know, or the munchkins as the original title to this movie. Uh, one of the most famous songs of the 80s that always uh, featured a little person was uh, Man Without Hats Safety Dance. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you, um, you know, a uh, 1983's release of um, Man With The Hot Safety Dance. But there is an actual single that gave you a remix version to the song. And it's the remix version that I'm actually going to give you. Um, I love the, the remix version better than the actual song. It's the extended version. Uh, it's a little different. Uh, you may have seen this, you know, heard this song resurge back in the 90s when they, it was it was in featured in biodome and even in a little scene there's a little munchkin dancing around it's a leprechaun you know uh, a little person or whatever so i thought i'd give it to you you know a little safety dance trivia you know obviously it was uh the song came up based on the dance craze of the time the way people were you know it was called pogoing back in the 80s and then oh new, yeah in the oh, new yeah. wave era so it was a just um when you saw that, that's where the whole like safety dance came from. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I mean, most of you probably know this. If you're a fan of the show, you probably know all this eighty, uh, this because this song is kind of well known where this, you know, song came from. But yeah, so so I, I thought I'd give you that song. Uh, give you "Man Without Hats" extended version of the safety dance. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It was a, uh, it was a fun time recording. Uh, our next episode is gonna be our massive thanksgiving episode where it's going to feature myself renata and max we're going to be doing uh planes trains and automobiles the only thanksgiving movie i could think of that exists at all in general or you know even 80s so yeah so that's our next movie we're going to be doing it so hopefully you guys like enjoy this episode any last final words max just Uh, make sure you guys follow us on instagram i know we said it a lot you know twitter facebook but uh the next episode we'll be announcing our christmas our december giveaways so make sure you guys stay posted 
And, yeah. uh, you know, shout out to us, and we'll give a shout out to you. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, it was fun, but, you know, after spending some time with Willow and Mad Mardigan, it is time to get into the DeLorean and travel back to the future. <laughs> We 
This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.